Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today by Justin Wells. Justin, how are you doing this weekend, bud? Brother, it's, it's, a, it's a cold Sunday, but I think it's warming up a little bit, so we're doing really good. Yeah, cold snap through Texas this week. Uh, got a lot of people going. Uh, I tell you what, uh, the Longhorn Town Hall with Chris Del Conte heated up a little bit this weekend. I want to talk a little bit about that. I also want to talk about some recruiting news. Um, you mentioned some stuff in the uh, uh, humidor on Friday that I think deserves a little bit more uh, depth uh, that I want to go over. Uh, and then I just want to talk about uh, – Next year's football schedule, I've been doing some looking at that and uh, looking at ticket prices, et cetera, uh, and want to go for that. Uh, for people that uh, don't know, we do this uh, almost daily now uh, on Texas Football. Please click subscribe on the uh, the red button. And that does us a favor on YouTube. Uh, also click subscribe if you're listening to us via a podcast. Uh, of course, Justin and I both work for Inside Texas as well. Inside Texas is your source for Texas football and recruiting coverage and other sports as well. Justin, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, an offer, in let's start with recruiting, an offer that came in that kind of was crazy to me, just how big this guy is. I, I thought Cam Williams last year was pretty big, right? 6'5", 360 or 70-something pounds. Ginormous like, athlete. Yeah. Texas offers a defensive lineman out of Atascacita in, down in the Houston area suburb. Uh, Samu Tamonu Pepe. So he's uh, either Tongan or uh, uh, I'm guessing he's Tongan. Um, six foot four, 388 pounds. You know, the, he'd already been offered. It's, it's not like this came out of the blue. He'd been offered by several other major programs as well. Uh, Texas went in there and, and, and offered him a scholarship. What are you hearing about that situation as it is right now? Uh, you know, with the Tascacita, I think Texas has done a decent job. Now, the new staffs had a little bit of hiccups. The previous had no problems, you know, bringing in Sam Cosby and, and things of that sort. But, uh, you know, the latest one we knew about was Cam Dewberry. And obviously he signed with the Texas A&M in the class of 2022. This is the next kid in line. Him and Nate Kibble, they've got another offensive lineman that's also uh, a prospect that's going to be uh, the next O-lineman or one of the next O-lineman. But, man, this was one that – this is a big kid. I mean, we see big kids all the time. And, and when you say 330, 340, 350, we often, we often think, man, that's kind of big for a 16, 17, 18-year-old. And then when you hear, six, you know, 388, you start to think, okay um, – What's the ceiling on this thing? And is, and is he going to bust through it? Um, this kid has a motor. This kid is actually very agile for a guy this size. He's got good feet. He's got good hands. He's got some balance. He's a guy that can plug, man. And, and I, I think it's a good find by, by Texas. And like you said, he's got some other offers uh, along the way. But you, you just – I hear 388 and I cringe. And then I watch the tape and I think, all right, Strength conditioning program in college, get him slimmed down, 
let's see what he can look like when he starts to mature into his body. Well, I mean, here, here's the reality of it. Um, Texas moving into the SEC um, and big bodies are going to be at a premium. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's defense and even uh, Gary Patterson's defense was predicated somewhat on guys that can eat blocks and uh, disrupt up the middle of the field, and especially. And uh, if that's what they think Samu can do, then uh, they need to be all in on him because uh, certainly 388 pounds is hard to move, uh, even for <laughs> even for really, really strong guys. Uh, uh, I want to switch gears on recruiting to a guy in East Texas for you, uh, which is in your neck of the woods, Aaron Hampton. Uh, out of Dangerfield, Hudson uh, Hudson Standish uh, put in a uh, uh, prediction, RPM prediction, for him to go to Texas after previously been com- being committed to Baylor. Uh, what's the latest information on that that recruitment? Aaron Hampton is an exciting kid. He is a five foot ten, about one hundred and eighty pound athlete. Uh, I think he projects on the defensive side at the next level, uh, pr- pr- particularly cornerback or nickel. But he's an exciting guy on the field. He makes plays in a program that's got a ton of, of prospects right now. Aaron Hampton, out of nowhere, decided in December, I'm going to commit to Baylor. He joined a teammate, Jacobian Rogers, who also committed to Baylor. It was kind of a kind of a buddy-buddy thing. And so um, I, I think the funny part there was it lasted three weeks because most sophomores are not ready to make a decision for college. And getting to know Aaron, his name, his nickname's Bubba. They call him Bubba Hampton. And getting to know Aaron over the last year, I've learned that the kid's got a ton of upside, but he might want to slow the process down just a little bit. Um, main thing you need to know, he loves Texas, and Texas likes him. There's a, there's a mutual uh, bond there. The, 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 they've been building that. Uh, he told me he likes to talk to Coach Gideon. He likes to talk to Coach Gilbert. He likes to to get to know the the, the coaching staff. This is a guy that I think is going to be in the Texas. He's going to at some point commit to the class of 2024. Now, granted, they don't sign for two years, and granted, it could be a very wild ride once he does commit. Um, this is one of those guys that you know you you just hope kind of. You know, like I said, taps the brakes a little bit and tries to enjoy the process somewhat. But he wants to find a spot, and um, I got to tell you, it's 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 he's 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 an interesting prospect, Bobby. He's got a lot of upside, but he just he's almost a little bit too big for his britches so far. But you know what? He's a kid. He's a kid. He's enjoying it. So let's just let's just enjoy the ride with him. I think back to when I was fifteen, sixteen years old, and I. I cringe to think if I were in the spotlight like this, uh, what I might look like uh, at that point in time. Uh, hey, uh, 44 catches, not 44 catches, 900 plus yards, nine interceptions last year. Is that right? Yes, and I believe three or four pick sixes. Okay, he, he makes plays, Bobby. He was yeah. one of the reasons Dangerfield made that long run in the playoffs last year. And here's the thing: they're all underclassmen. They've got about three or four legit. I'm going to try to make a, a drive over there uh, this week. They've got three or four legit D1 prospects that are all underclassmen, and Bubba Hampton's probably the best one of the group. He does everything on both sides of the ball. Gotcha. Um, another thing that that uh, you had mentioned this on our panel discussion on Friday, uh, and you talked a little bit about Jaden Wayne, the defensive lineman out of the state of Washington <clears throat> that took an unofficial visit to Texas earlier this year or earlier this month, I guess, or late last month. What is your knowledge about him, and why did you 
choose him as one of those guys that you think Texas has a legit shot at from out of state? Wayne is a guy that I connected with probably nine months, six to nine months ago. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, they, Texas identified this new staff identified him early. I believe Pete Kwiatkowski and, and, and Jeff Choate had a previous relationship with him and, and his staff up in, in Tacoma and so, or at Lincoln. And so um, the reason I mentioned Jaden Wayne is because every time I talk to him, he wants to ask about Texas. And usually when you get to know kids out of state, when they come to you wanting information, that's a sign, in my opinion. And, and, and it's one of those, Oregon's going to be hard to beat. USC is going to come. They're coming at him. They're going to be hard to beat. He's got some of the be- better offers in the country already. I mean, he's the number. He's the on three consensus number 29 overall prospect in the country for a reason. But he wants to come back. He told me he's looking at a March or April uh, return to Austin. And, and I thought that was significant because, like I said, we, we, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And each time we talk, this is a very cordial kid, very personable. Uh, usually guys in, in that type of status don't, aren't as easy to connect with or to talk with or, to, or to, just to get on the phone. This guy goes above and beyond. And so he's got a legit interest. You bring him back after that first visit, you bring him back and, and kind of immerse him. And let's say he takes – one in spring and it's an official, it turns into an official. Say he sees the spring game, you know, something of that sort. Texas is going to be squarely in the mix. And like we said on that panel with Steve Sarkeesian and this staff, they're always going to comb the West coast, especially that Pacific Northwest. Yep. Jade Wayne is his name. He's out of Tacoma Lincoln, six foot five, 245 pounds. One of the top uh, 30 prospects in the country uh, in the uh, on three consensus. Um, uh Alabama's offered Miami uh, with Mario Cristobal moving down there is considered a a possibility. And then, of course, as you mentioned, uh, some heavier hitters on the West Coast as well. One other thing I want to mention that that was in the uh, humidor on Friday that I think is important is people are talking. uh, And this goes to what's happening on campus right now. Uh, People are talking a lot right now about uh, Isaiah Nayor uh, and his workouts uh, on campus. It is last year uh, in the summer, we started hearing um, great things about Xavier Worthing. I mean, bottom line, every every one of us that have, you know, sources, we, we were like, hey, they really saying he's legit, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's to that level or if it's a little bit different because he's more of a finished product already. But Isaiah Nayor is starting to get a little bit of that feeling to me. Um, from getting that positive feedback from people inside the inside uh, Moncrief Newhouse, that area in Belmont. Hey, I think you, you nailed it. I think there's there's some Xavier Worthy type hype level level type hype. Um, he's not the athlete, obviously, that Worthy is. Not many are, as we saw last year. But he's a different receiver. He's a di- he brings a different skill set. And from you know talking to sources close to the team over the last few weeks they rave about this guy. And, 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 and these are guys that just tell you great things about all the players. We, you know, we hear the good and the bad and Nayor has made a difference. He, he has the mindset of a professional athlete. He, he had no idea that that few years in, in Wyoming would put him on such a pedestal would, would, would start to separate him. Cause like, like we talked about, he wasn't even the number one receiver in his own high school. 
Trayvon West, who signed with OU, was the guy that kind of overshadowed him. And so, and he didn't even play football till his sophomore year in high school. It was the first time he'd ever played. <laughs> Those Lamar guys, give him credit. They talked him into playing. Now he knows he has a future at the next level. And, and he's, it's one of those things where the light turned on, I think, for Nayor. And it's complete focus business. He is one of the, he's an ideal outside guy that can get vertical. And from what we saw in this offense last year, Worthy needs a compliment. He, he, there's plenty of inside guys from him to Jordan Whittington. There, there, there's plenty of those guys that can do things on the inside. They needed somebody on the outside, a more consistent type of Marcus Washington. And Nayor is a guy that can take the top off. He can run. He can high point. He's got excellent body control. And he's just now getting into his body. He's just now figuring out things. And you and I both know when you turn 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and you start figuring stuff out, the answers become a lot more clear. And Nayor, to me, people are going to talk about Quinn Ewers, and they should. Ryan Watson, they should. Uh, Jalil Billingsley, and they should. But I'm thinking Nayor might make the biggest impact early on from this transfer portal group. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I think we're going to wait and see about O'Shawn Mathis on that. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I don't want to count my chickens yet. But yeah, you're exactly right count your chickens. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I'll, I'll just share what I've heard, um, and I, I think that that's uh, prudent in this stage or in this setting. Um, what I am hearing is that he does handle his business. Um, and so he does take a uh, somewhat of a professional attitude. Uh, one of the persons, uh, one of the people I talked about said, it's almost like he approaches it like he's a track guy learning how. Which is where he came from. Actually. Yeah. Just to, to get the extra 10th of a second out of a, out of a race, you know? And so that's how he's attacking receiving. Um, and so it, obviously there's limits right now on what the coaches can and can't do, but for the, for it to be two weeks in and to hear this kind of feedback already is um, promising, I think is be the w- best way to, to put it. The other thing that I was told, and this goes from someone that was playing catch with him is that his catch radius is freaky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so be aware of that uh, yeah. as you, uh, not surprised. Go forward. Uh, not surprising. I mean, he's he's a big, tall, long drink of water. Uh, but uh, uh, that is something that uh, Texas has lacked on the outside. Brennan Eagles was that build, but didn't have a catch radius for you know much of anything, or or, or the right mindset, or, or and definitely didn't have the right mindset in our opinion. All right, so uh, let's let's skip back from there. A couple other things happened on the forty acres over the weekend. Texas uh, takes down Iowa State in convincing fashion. Uh, in basketball. It was probably the best second half Texas has played this year, in my opinion. Uh, anytime Marcus uh, uh, Carr shoots 50% from the field, Texas is probably going to win a win a basketball game. Uh, but they they also held uh, Iowa State to the in the 40s. Uh, Texas's defense is carrying them at times uh, this season. 
and did so again, uh, even though they did have a little bit of an, uh, an offensive outpouring. And then in the alumni baseball game yesterday, uh, the Horns uh, alumni team wins eight to six. Uh, but, uh, you know, as, as is always the case in that game, uh, there is a, a lot of uh, fun to be had and people are out and about uh, despite some weather, I think, yesterday. Uh, so that was fun to see. Um, I want to go next uh, for you and me, because this is something that I know you you uh, listened in on and heard about. And that was Chris Del Conte's town hall uh, that he had uh, on the Longhorn Network over the weekend. Um, made a couple of notes uh, from that. First of all, he was asked about the SEC and the move there. Uh, he said that there it, there's no timeline, no definitive new timeline uh, for him. Uh, and he, he mentioned that Kevin Eltife, uh, the uh, uh, chair of the Board of Regents of the University of Texas, was working on that, along with Jay Hartzell, the university president. Uh, he also said uh, he had a couple uh, notes for seating, uh, one of which was the south end zone seats in the, uh, in the uh, football team. Uh, last year, a lot of people complained that it looked empty on television because people had paid six figures uh, to have those seats, yet they would remain at, at uh, uh, field level during the game and uh, go into the uh, air-conditioned boxes. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, he said that he's working on improving that next year. Uh, also said for basketball, it's going to be uh, students are going to move to court level on one sideline and then be on both baselines, uh, which as a former student, I think that should dramatically improve uh, the uh, atmosphere in, in uh, what's going to be, I think, Moody. Moody. Yeah. No question. I don't know what, I don't know the exact name, Moody Center. Moody Center. Uh, but long story short, those were the primary takeaways. Uh, also said that the SEC bands uh, would be moved to the bottom level. Texas was putting opposing bands up in the top upper echelon of the stadiums, but it's, 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 a, it's a petty, it's I, I a thought petty that was thing a, some schools do. I thought that was Steve Patterson making a stupid move personally. Um, back at the AD at that time, I thought it was a chintzy move. Uh, he's now, uh, they're now moving the, the opposing bands back to a lower level, which I think is adds more pageantry and interest in the game. No question. Overall. No question. Um, you know, out, out of all of that, Justin, what was talked about during that town hall, what were a couple of things that were your biggest takeaways? My biggest takeaway is the spring games at night. I love that. I think that should have been for years, make the spring game at night. Um, it's going to be at 6 p.m. Uh, for you guys that pay attention and want to schedule ahead and prepare. It's, for, it's on April 23rd. Um, I actually talked to a couple of recruits yesterday who are going to try to make that, uh, make that, that trip, and I'm going to post that on InsideTexas.com here in about an hour. Uh, some some recruits that were actually knew about that spring game date already, which I thought was a good sign. Uh, that was a big takeaway for me because I think with, with a night game, you during the day with a spring game, I think it's generally parents, it's friends, it's coaches, it's coaches' friends. I mean, obviously, I know fans come too, but it, it's oftentimes it, it, the weather can be a little tricky. I mean, I know it's spring; it shouldn't be too harmful, but sometimes it gets hot. I think a couple of years ago it was really cold. Uh, but holding it at night lets you turn the lights on. Holding it at night lets you get kind of the feel of what the new renovated DKR can offer you from, from a sound system, from a production standpoint, from, from all the uh, bells and whistles that CDC loves to put together. And so one of my biggest takeaways was that they're going to play it at night. 
And I think that also helps with recruits. It gives them a chance to get there during the day instead of it being at noon or 11 o'clock in the morning where, where a lot of recruits would have to leave their house at 5, 6 a.m. just to make sure they get it on time. Talking to recruits and parents, that's a little stressful sometimes. And so I think having it at night, I, it, it's a cool shift. Let's see how let's see how what, what comes of it. I, I hope that it does more there. Um, moving the st- students into the northeast end zone uh, of DKR, um, there you know he's trying to to figure out the best way to put everyone to situate everyone, and in and in a big you know colossal coliseum like this thing is, I, that's what CDC does. He he he's pragmatic. He's going to look at different situations at different times and see what fits. I like that he's considering moving those guys. And then the one thing that I, I think Texas fans might want to grr about a little bit, but brother, it's it, it's the laws of, of economy and inflation. Tickets are going up. Tickets are going to go up for the seven home games in 2022. I was a little surprised they didn't in the last few years, but I understand that there was some sympathy with COVID, with with, with, with kind of the the, the, the the global situation, especially in the state level that we had. And so – uh, it was a matter of time before these tickets started to go up a little bit. So to me, I think, you know, that, that caters to the fan, not to, not so much caters to it, but it affects the fan. And so just those little three, two or three things are, are, are what I pulled out of that town hall meeting. So I've got season tickets, I think are $640 this year uh, per person. Uh, depend, I, you know, it, it could be, I think that they have various pricing at various Places, but I think 640 or so. Uh, here, here's what they have for a home schedule or and their schedule in general. I'll just read this. So basically, Louisiana Morose starts at it on September 3rd, Alabama, September 10th, and UTSA comes to town uh, just up the street, really, uh, on September 17th. That is the preseason, so to speak, non-conference schedule. So basically, Alabama is sandwiched by Louisiana Monroe and UTSA. Then Texas goes to Texas Tech this year, uh, and that's September 24th. They start October hosting West Virginia. Uh, Then they have uh, the Red River OU game, Iowa State at home. That's another home game. Then they go to Oklahoma State, go to uh, Kansas State. Then TCU comes to Texas, go to Kansas, and then finish up with Baylor at home uh, on a Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think it's interesting this year. There's only one time where they have two back-to-back game or a back-to-back road game, and that actually is with a um, week off in between. So on October 22nd, Texas goes to Oklahoma State. Then they're off, and then November 5th they go to Kansas State. So those are the only. That's the only back-to-back road game, and they get a walk, week off in between. I think that's a more favorable schedule for Texas uh, this year. I think West Virginia being at home will be helpful as well. I, I want to say this though. I got I got a caveat. I want to add to it as soon as go you go for done. it. I, go for it. Go for it. I have something now, separate. Joey McGuire's first game, first conference game. I got to tell you something. If I'm Texas, I'd like to see Tech a couple months into the season to see what the Joey McGuire project's going to look like. Granted, it's going to be new. This is his transition year. A lot of these guys aren't his guys. I get that. But with a new coach, with a guy that's coming in with a lot of 
hoopla, and that's your first game in Lubbock, I would really, if I was a Texan, if I'm Sark, I kind of want to see some film from McGuire. And, and I understand they're going to do have non-conference, but you don't show a whole lot in non-conference. And so I think that's interesting that that first game is Joey McGuire. And let me tell you something. You want to put a signature win on Joey McGuire's resume? Beat Texas the first time you play him. They're going to be so revved up for that spot. It's going to be crazy in Lubbock. Let you know, and, and here's the issue that I would have with that: is it really Joey McGuire's offense? No, that's not what no, he it's did. Kitley's. It's I know Kitley. that's not what he did at Cedar Hill. Is it really his defense? Maybe. I mean, I, 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 so I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you from a scheme perspective. But what where you are convincing to me is the emotional aspect. Um, I think that you're right on target because I think that he's an emotional coach. I mean, he's an emotional leader coach. You can tell that from just uh, afar even. I think that that's one of the things he leans into and uh, and tries to play into because he thinks football is an emotional sport at its very, uh, very root. And he's going to use that 70-point piece last year. You don't think he's going to use that? Yeah. Texas may forget it. Texas Tech has not. Well, so here's what I would say to you. Um, Alabama, I, I'm looking on StubHub, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, it's not – No, 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 no. I mean, my – you know, it's not so much – it's not so much uh, if Texas is going to make it a game or any of that stuff. StubHub already, the lowest ticket price right now for the Texas-Alabama game, and this is, you know, six months away, basically, uh, seven months away, um, is $309. The lowest ticket right now on StubHub. I think that the people, are, <laughs> by comparison, Louisiana Monroe is $24. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have, I think there's the there's the barometer, right? Okay. Um, the, 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 the price of the ticket to see the, the Crimson Tide in Austin is going to be expensive. Uh, a lot of people are going to want to get their season tickets. Uh, simply to make sure they secure that one. Um, Do you think that's going to break the record? Somebody on the board asked that the other day, and I thought it was a great question. I was at the record game, 2006. Ohio, number one, Ohio State from Columbus comes to Austin, number two, Texas. Best atmosphere I, I had ever seen at DKR, that and the 2012 West Virginia game, two best atmospheres I've ever seen. Do you think I, – I think I think we know the answer, but is the Alabama game going to set that record, break that record? Uh, as far as atmosphere or seat, butts and seats? Butts and seats. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, 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 I think I, it's I, no I genuinely don't know. I think, I think that, you know, we could talk about best games I've seen in um, or best atmospheres I've seen in – um, in a DKR for, uh, you know, my, from my, my, uh, time, it's the university of Houston game. I think it was 1990, uh, Texas kind of avenged. Some, Wasn't that David you know, Klingler? Yeah. Klingler was the quarterback, uh, but he came uh, in with a bunch of hype. Yeah, exactly. They're a top five team and Texas kind of took it to them early and often. Um, but that, that game, the Texas Notre Dame game was, was a great atmosphere. 2016. Yeah. I yeah. was there on the sideline. That was, well, I, mean, I, I still remember Bryant Westbrook's hit. I think I can, I think Ooh. I hear that that sound in my eardrums. <laughs> um, but there's memory. been others. I mean, there's been some A and M games that that I remember that were just so. Um, you know, the the Ricky run was a an amazing game. I was there uh, too. I think two or three years after that, or two years after that, um, or four years after that, Chris Sims just absolutely decimated A and M. 
uh, and threw an out and up, I think, to B.J. Johnson that had the whole thing going. But I, there have been a lot of lot of games like that through the years. But um, I don't know if Texas is going to be good enough this year uh, to, to make that into this uh, big-time hype game. I'd like to think they are, um, uh, but uh, we, we shall see. I don't know that uh, – I don't know about butts and seats. I don't know – I know Alabama travels well, just like Ohio State travels well, right? Um, there's actually a, a caravan of RVs that follow uh, Alabama around, and that's what they do. They, they have like – I think it's 150 of them that just go to every away game. In, I'm not surprised. That's, that's where they meet up. So, um, But uh, long story short, I do think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm excited for it. Obviously, StubHub is excited for it, uh, <laughs> yeah. 300 plus for, for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I like Texas's schedule overall this year. I think your part about Texas Tech being a sleeper, especially because Texas Tech actually had a good season this year coming off a bowl win. After that Texas game, that was kind of their – that was their worst game of the year, uh, probably. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, before we get going, do you have anything you're looking forward to this week that we need to talk about before we let people go here? Uh, from a personal standpoint, I'm going to be on the road this week. Uh, I got a couple schools to hit. Like I said, I'm going to be in Dangerfield in a few days. Go check in on Aaron Hampton. That's a kid that if you're a Texas recruiting fan – He's kind of on a recruiting watch right now. I'd say he's kind of on a commitment watch right now. We're, we're, we're watching that every day right now. Uh, the, 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 there's some momentum there. And then I'm going to go up to Denton Ryan next week to see Anthony Hill Jr. This is, to me, the most important defensive player in, in the state for 2023. Um, he it does 100 things well. And, and, and he just visited OU in Texas A&M. And so – and I know that he, he definitely likes Texas. So, I, I want to get a better read on that situation and kind of where they stand. And so, those are two things that we're definitely looking forward to this week. And then Eric Nalene and I, and, and with help with Jerry, are, are, are looking at a behind-the-scenes uh, post talking about the class of 2022. It's something that Eric and I have done for, for 10 years at Inside Texas. It's such a comprehensive, deep uh, – look at the behind the scenes look uh, we put a lot of time and effort into it it usually turns out to to be fantastic content so i'm eager to see what's coming at inside texas this week there's a lot of stuff that we're following all right justin wells thank you for joining me on on texas football i'm bobby burton uh we'll see you again probably tomorrow uh thanks justin appreciate your time man yes sir for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.